Howdy doody, folks. Howdy doody. Welcome to another episode of KD Time, that sometimes weekly but mostly timely podcast show with all your favorites. Everything you can think of. I talk about so many different things, but mostly music, stories, books, you know, whatever you want to call it. I talk about a lot of different things on this show. With that being said, in this episode, guess who's coming on, guys? Guess. Can you guess? I don't think you can guess. If you listened to my last episode, you'd know. But it's Pepper Ann. I'm so excited to have her on. She's so excited to be on. Trust me. And it's going to be a great episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's coming up right now. Welcome, 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 Katie Time listeners. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another thrilling episode of KD Time. Speaking of thrilling, I have a special guest with me that will essentially wow us with a very truthful story, a story that probably never crossed our minds. I know it hasn't crossed my mind at all. In fact, the only reason I know of it now is because of my guest. So without further ado, let me introduce Pepper and to the show. Welcome, Pepper. Thank you, Katie. I'm so happy to be here. I am thrilled to be here today. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I'm so happy to have her on. And yes, her name is in fact Pepper Ann. And I told her when we first met that it reminded me of the TV show Pepper Ann. And I started singing the theme song. So for all my folks that love, you know, nostalgic TV shows, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so tell tell us a little bit about yourself, Pepper. Well, it's funny that you said that because I wanted when people heard, I wanted people hear the name Pepper Ann. I want them to have good memories of good things. So mm-hmm. I'm happy that that you remember that show. Uh, so yeah, I'm a true crime Texas author, and uh, I'm originally from Texas, and I took on a story about a family member that uh, others know very well because of a jailbreak that he was involved in actually he was the main reason it happened back in 2001 yeah so uh i'm a i'm a true crime texas author that took the story on and it took me many years to write it but i finally was able to get it out there that's good i and it and it's gotten it's been so well received so far i've seen um plenty reviews i've I saw in Goodreads you had a couple a couple of reviews there, and on Amazon you have some reviews there. Is your book also available in Barnes and Noble and other kinds of uh, book book outlets? Or my book is available online everywhere, including okay. Barnes and Noble. Yeah, you can find it anywhere. In mm-hmm. fact, libraries across the U.S. have they've all started carrying it. Nice. I'm excited. You know, it, when you're in a library, that says a lot. 
Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, absolutely. it's, it's even in other countries. It's in Germany and Ooh. Britain. It's, it's all over the place. Yeah. Nice. Check you out, Miss Pepper. Okay. <laughs> I see you girl. That's awesome. I'm getting out there, right? <laughs> yeah, you are internationally known out here. That's right. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that's so great. So yeah. Thanks so much for being on. I mean, I think, I think I did a pretty good little build up there wouldn't you wouldn't you agree wouldn't you agree oh yeah I do yeah I think you did a fantastic job <laughs> yeah I mean I'm, I'm excited for the for the listeners to hear something thrilling um I've had other guests on who've talked about books so far and but this one a true crime this is you know I know that I know a lot of podcasts are based on true crime I follow a lot of them myself so to have a writer because I you know I've I've only heard podcasts on true crime. I've never actually heard about someone writing about it. So that's pretty, pretty intriguing on its own. So yeah, let's, let's dive into the book. The title of your book is The Notorious Texas Swindler, the mastermind behind the Grayson County Five. So tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this book. Well, what got it all going here is that I found out I was related to the individual that the story is about. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't really familiar with cattle wrestling. I mean, <laughs> everybody in my family knew, but I, I didn't really follow it. I mean, I, I knew a little bit, but I didn't know the whole behind the scenes part of it. So what intrigued me about the story was that there was a jailbreak. There were two jailbreaks mm -hmm. and the individual, the story is about Bob. There were other people who were tied in with the crimes alongside him, mm -hmm. but they did not answer for their part in the crimes. And today they're still breaking, they're still committing crimes today. They're still hurting people. So that's why I wanted to write it. I wanted to tell the, wanted to tell the truth, mm -hmm. make sure everybody knew the real story. And I wanted to expose the other individuals involved. And so that's right. what got me into writing it. And mm -hmm. I can testify this is true crime because I've had a lot of people coming at me, not wanting me to get the story out there. Mm -hmm. So I know, I know a little bit about that true crime part because my family was exposed to a lot of things they shouldn't have been exposed to. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, my while goodness. writing it. Yeah. <laughs> and you said, you said it took you some time to write it and actually get it out there. So I can only imagine how much that was weighing on you to get the truth out even with every with people I don't know who but with people that were trying to deter you that's I mean that shows great character and great strength on your end to actually complete what you started and even to push through because you know a lot of people would run scared but the fact that you wanted to get the truth out there was very important and I'm glad you did Thank you. Yeah. And actually my family and my friends were a huge part of why the story um, was told. Mm -hmm. I had to rewrite it multiple times because the individuals I exposed hacked into my computer, deleted my oh. work. And I knew when they did that, there was something that needed to be told. And mm -hmm. then they, you know, there were threats against my family, loosening the lug nuts on our tires, multiple vehicles. Mm. And I thought if this, if this can get out there, then this, this is a real true crime right here. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. The, oh my goodness. I, I'm like, my heart's palpitating just thinking about it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just like how, 
how do you keep going? I don't know. Because, uh, like, I, you know, it's it's interesting that you're talking about it and you've lived it. You know, I watch TV. I watch movies. That's that's what they do in the movies. And I'm like, okay, I know that they got it from someplace, but it's just like, you don't you don't really. I I like to say that um, you don't really acknowledge a certain thing until it happens to you. Like, you know, a lot of things happen to everybody all around the world, but like, I can't, I can't speak to those experiences because I never had them, but like, you know, it's not, and, and that's not to say that they don't happen. It's just, it's like out of sight, out of mind kind of, you know what I mean? So it's just for, for you to continue to like push through and even, you know, uh, uh, publish this story, publish, um, with such detail, it people, it was very detailed. And, you know, how did you get, how did you get a lot of that information? Like, did you have to, um, like conduct interviews? Like what did, what was the process like? You know, I'm surprised at all the information I got. I have to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I was kind of like a, um, I don't know. I want to say Harriet the spy. We've got to think mm. of somebody a little more recent, but things just fell into my lap. I yeah. would not stop until I found the information. Mm. I dug through court records because the cases were very old. I had to do things old old school. Mm-hmm. Um, I contacted police departments, sheriff's departments. I interviewed people in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. I interviewed victims of crimes that were committed. I, At the end, it was kind of funny how it happened because the people I exposed some of the people that worked with them were very shady and they stepped forward and they wanted to talk. Oh, they wanted to clear their conscience. Yeah. That's good. So I got this information, but it came to me in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. I got FOIA records, which, you know, you can get from the FBI. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything I have is factual. And I just, it took me a while to get the information. And as I was writing it, more doors were opening. Okay. And that's how I got it. But I found a lot of information online. I mm-hmm. did find a lot of information in court. Like I said, courthouses, we had to dig through old files. And there were things that the people who I exposed and the people I'm exposing are people who paid Bob's bonds from his, from his, oh. from his recent, yeah, well, from, from earlier things that he committed in the 80s. And so those are the people that they had a lot of money was paid to Mm -hmm. keep from um, having to answer for their crimes. And a lot of things were deleted. They had Mm. thought a lot of things were destroyed, but there were some things that weren't destroyed and I stumbled on them. Mm. And when I did, I realized this has got to go in the book. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Go ahead. You go ahead. Well, no, that's okay. I, I do want to say that one of the reasons my book is so detailed is because with me being a first-time author and being self-published, I didn't mm-hmm. want anybody to say, this This isn't right. I want to verify everything I do. Right. And so that's why that book has 23 pages in that index. Because <laughs> I didn't want anybody to question me, you right. know? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you you should you should feel validated that you that you were able to get the right information, and you know you're not like spewing some propaganda. You're actually like getting the right information, the facts. That's what that's what counts. It's all about the facts. So okay, good. Uh, and your name Pepper Ann is that an alias now? Like, cause so that you can 
protect your identity and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I was because I was like, you know, now that I'm talking to you, I'm like, well, what are the odds that her name is actually Pepper Ann? But okay. I mean, you know, that's pretty cool that you picked that name. I love that name. Yeah, I grew up watching that same show. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And like I said, I, when people think of the name Pepper Ann, I want them mm-hmm. to have good memories. I, yeah. w- I want them to have good thoughts. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, okay. In the book, um, so we're following the story of Bob Leach. Mm-hmm. And um, so is he, like, was he a real character? Was he a real person? Or was he like... Um, is he, are you, were you using him as a term to be able to write the story without giving out too much information kind of thing? No, everybody's name in the book is real. They are real. They're all real people. Yeah. I, you know, I'll, and I'll tell you this, when I took the project on, it was important to me that mm-hmm. I put everybody's real name in there that I could. Mm-hmm. Now there are some people who I didn't, I didn't name them. Um, because I wanted to protect them but with their permission and everything I have is public information I use real names Mm -hmm. yeah and you said you mentioned earlier that that some of these people are still are still active in their crimes and like it's like how okay I'll tell you I'm so glad you asked let me tell you (laughs) okay so The individuals that I exposed in the book, the ones that helped pay Bob's bonds in the 80s, let me back up just a hair here. So Bob got involved with crime when he was in his teens. Mm -hmm. He was about 18 or 19 years old when he first started stealing cattle, which is what wrestling cattle is, Mm -hmm. with a DPS state trooper. Okay. And the trooper had approached him. So Bob got into that. He couldn't get out. And I don't even know if he wanted to because he was seeing so much money at that age to him. That was, you know, what he wanted to do. So when he got in trouble, there were some individuals who had paid his bonds to help get him out. And it Mm. was a lot of money. If you remember in the beginning of the book, it it goes into how much money it was. Hundreds of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. paid. And they would not let him go. So those individuals that paid his bonds were the ones that I'm exposing. Now, they are tied up in children's organizations. Now, these individuals were involved in drugs, running drugs, laundering money, this, that, and the other. Bob had met his then wife when Mm. he ended up going to prison the first time. Bob's in prison today. He's still alive. Yeah. But he went to prison because he had violated his probation the first Mm. time. So, um. When he was in prison, he had met his wife and she was tied to these individuals who had helped pay the bonds. So she got him out and got him involved in all this stuff. So she was, um, because Bob was a a felon or an ex-felon at the time, you know, when he got out, he couldn't get loans from banks Mm. to, to buy cattle. He couldn't do that, but she did. She did that. She was running a party ranch that they had and blackmailing people. She was videotaping them in uncompromising positions. Um, so after everything went down, I've had all these people who contact who they're contacting me now and they're saying, Well, whatever happened to her? Why didn't she get any why didn't she get in trouble for her crimes? Well, right. today she's working with an adoption agency and she oversees their finances. What? 
so you tell me she's not breaking the law. She is. She's done this. She's done this before. She's married individuals who were incarcerated. They've gotten out and then they've ended back up in prison and she walks away. So mm-hmm. there's a pattern. Um, the other individuals I've exposed are also tied to children's organizations. Wow. So. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. So she's just. Uh. Yeah. Now you know how I feel and my family yeah. too. Yeah. I, and you know, I'm not trying to sway people one way or the other. All I mm-hmm. want to do is just put the facts out there. I want them to know the real story and then let them make their own decisions. That was the whole point of writing the book was if anyone is going to put anything out there uh, online or just anywhere about my family member, I wanted to make sure they had the whole truth. I'm not trying to paint a picture of him of innocence because he is not. He was involved in those crimes, but Mm -hmm. so were these other people. Mm. And I just wanted to make that clear to people. Yeah. Yeah, because it it it's like um uh you know when you grow up and or like as a kid a lot of times when when kids get in trouble there there's usually like someone that's like pulling the reins or like you know manipulating or doing something. And when I was a kid um <laughs> my babysitter it didn't matter. It didn't matter who got who who did it we all went down, you know what I mean? Like we all got in trouble because it was just like, you're going to learn that you're going to learn that you can't do like, you can't just like allow someone to do something. And then, you know, your friends are going to walk away scot-free. So it's just like, that is ingrained in me to this day that like, if, if I get in trouble or if, if someone that is in my clique or in my group, they get in trouble or anything, like I feel responsible. Cause I'm like, why did I, even allow that to happen or something, you know, uh, but I, I wasn't raised in Texas. So what? <laughs> no, no you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you know what? <clears throat> I, and I've been told, okay. So I don't know if you've had an opportunity to read the book, but Bob was involved in a shootout and yeah. <clears throat> at the very end of the book. Mm-hmm. And I became very close to, there was a couple that he and another, um, fugitive who was on the run with him mm-hmm. had um, held hostage in their home mm-hmm. and Bob ended up releasing the married couple but they were in a they were in a shootout against law enforcement for eight hours in mm-hmm. in their home in Vincent Irma's home that's the married couple mm-hmm. and I've become very close to that family for mm-hmm. it just is amazing <laughs> the relationships I formed mm-hmm. working on this book but I remember Vincent, he's since passed, but he always would tell me and some of the other family members, don't be so hard on Bob. Don't be so mm-hmm. hard on him because he got involved in crime when he was so young. And I blame it on his rearing. I say that every time because neither mm-hmm. one of his parents stepped up. Mm. So I told Vincent a couple of times, I said, Vincent, if I... And not hard on Bob. I'm not going to get through to him. Mm. You have mm-hmm. to. I have to get through to him. I'm still yeah. to this day. There's certain things he didn't want to tell me about the crimes mm. that he committed, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. I don't know if it's because family. Maybe he was embarrassed. He should be. But yeah. he committed them. 
he committed them. And so I think kind of like you were with your babysitter, I'm kind of that way. We're that way in my family too. You Mm -hmm. know, if you do something, you got to be held accountable for it. You have to answer for it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> if it's Texas or not, it's anywhere. We want to make sure you don't do it again. And I, right. and when I would go visit Bob, he would say, why do you keep saying this to me? And I say, well, so you don't do it again. And he said, I'm not getting out of here. And I still want to make sure you don't. But if you do, mm-hmm. I don't want you doing it again. It's, it's a lesson. Yeah. That. Maybe so, we're overprotective, but you do that with your yeah. loved ones, right? Right. Yeah. You want to do what's best for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Do you visit Bob often then? Like how often do you visit him? So I don't visit him anymore and I will explain why I did, Mm -hmm. but I had my name taken off of his visiting list. Oh, and the reason I did is because he has someone on there who is tied in with these individuals. Oh, okay. I have exposed and the individual that, um, is on the list mm-hmm. who tried to steal my story. Oh. And I told him, I said, I want you to take that person off my list, uh, off mm-hmm. your list. And he didn't. And I didn't want our family around those people. Mm-hmm. So I removed my name off of okay. his list. I haven't seen him. I could add my name back on it, mm-hmm. but I'm giving these individuals a chance to get themselves in trouble so that they will be removed. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be associated with those people. I just don't. Yeah. I hear you. I, I, uh, I agree and I hear you. you. Um, so give me a little bit of like when you, when you were growing up, were you kind of like inquisitive and like, did you like solving murders? Was that like, uh, or not murders, but did you like solving mystery? Like, um, did you like reading about mystery or like because you mentioned Harriet the Spy and I remember Harriet the Spy that was like really big for me when I was a kid I had a magnifying glass I had the the hat you know and and just like if if there wasn't really a a mystery to solve I'd make up a mystery in my backyard you know so like was that the same for you was that how you like really is that also what driven you to help drive you to write this book and get involved in um exposing these people because you know growing up you kind of had that instilled in you already when I was little I used to love to read mysteries I used oh. to love it do you remember Inspector Gadget absolutely oh, it was one of my favorite cartoons <laughs> yeah 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 and then as I got older I loved watching all of those um like you said murder mystery shows you know mm-hmm. um I love doing stuff like that, but what really inspired me to, to write this story, I wasn't looking for true crime. I always wanted to write something because I love to write, but I was waiting for the right story. Mm -hmm. And when I heard about this one and I realized it's about a family member and there's some injustices and this needs to be corrected, that's what made me hop on board. Mm -hmm. And somehow writing this, I'm now I'm instantly in the true crime genre. So you didn't know about that for quite some time. And then how did that, how did you find out about that part? Well, so Bob and I did not know we were related to the other one. In fact, Mm. I didn't even know about him. He didn't know about me until I reached out to him. But my grandpa Riley passed away in, uh, oh goodness, my, I believe it was in 2001. So you'll have to, (laughs) excuse me, I got a lot of my mind. Um, But Mm -hmm. I found out at his funeral 
that mm. we were related to a cattle rustler. Once I got more of an explanation of what, who, and why, how, and mm. um, that's when I decided to reach out to him. But Bob and I are cousins. Um, we're related to each other because our grandpas were brothers. Okay. And so I reached out to him and I said, hey, we're related. I want to write the story about you. Mm -hmm. And um, then it just kind of went from there. But, but okay. I've always, you know, I've always had an interest in mysteries and thrillers. Yeah. And once I took the story on and I realized, hey, this is exciting. If I can find the facts, this is what I want to do. And mm -hmm. I somehow I just fell into that genre. And I love it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, it shows and how much you how much you've written and how much work has gone into it um i yeah i've had other artists or authors on my show that have mentioned you know oh yeah i used to, i love to write i did this but what they started writing about had nothing to do with you know what they were thinking when they were younger it was it what they fell in, it was kind of what they fell into. And, and then it became, you know, they knew that they wanted to write something about it. And I thought, I, I, I mean, I'm sort of a writer myself, but my, my writing is completely fictional. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't really, I haven't really dived into um, pursuing, pursuing my book or anything as yet. I mean, I've, I've written it, but I have to like do some edits and then I'll, submit it. I feel like I say this every time now, but, um, but yeah, like that, I, it's kind of interesting that I'm, you know, connecting with people that have written books and it sort of just became a, um, more of a, I need to write this book instead of a, I just felt like writing a book kind of thing. You know what I mean? So that's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> I want to say something real quick, and I and I want to come back to this. Um, I said my sure. grandpa passed in two thousand one. It was actually two thousand six. Yes. I'm sorry. I want to oh, correct no. that. Um, but you know, sorry. No, I don't want no. people to come back and say, "Wait a minute." I want to make sure everything's accurate with me. And um, yeah. you know, yeah. you have a story to tell, and mm -hmm. it's dying to come out, and so you've got to tell it. I always thought that I would write fiction. I did. Mm -hmm. I always thought I'd write fiction, and once mm -hmm. this popped into my lap, it happened. But if you have a story you've been working on and, you know, rewrite, you've got to rewrite that thing so many times. Yeah. But be thankful for those rewrites because that's where you get more ideas mm -hmm. and things come out to you and you change it and the story is actually better. But when you do those rewrites, you get more familiar with your characters and your story. And mm -hmm. then you realize just how wonderful that story is tell it so maybe you're being surrounded by all these <laughs> authors because you're supposed to get yours out there too yeah very possible i i am i believe you, <laughs> I believe you. and i believe them too i just i get i'm get i've gotten so wrapped up in my podcasting and that's no excuse i just i just need to do it i need to quit 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 um holding myself back and just and just do it just get it out there at least like because i know that um like i said your book is on goodreads there's a few other of um the people i my, my guests that their book is on goodreads and they keep saying like goodreads yeah you get some honest reviews on goodreads and i'm like that's what i'm afraid of <laughs> but you know what i'm gonna say this because i i know a lot of self-published authors or indie authors i i had to learn the whole terminology of all this right because i just mm -hmm. wanted to get the story out there and i had to learn you learn as you yeah. go you're going to get 
some bad reviews and it doesn't mm-hmm. mean your story is bad. It just means sometimes someone doesn't agree with it. Mm-hmm. So don't get down if you get a one star or a two star. It happens because mm-hmm. at least somebody took the time to pick it up and read it. But that doesn't mean your story is a bad is a bad story. You're going to have mm-hmm. a bad review. It happens. I've, I've uh, talked to a lot of authors who said, I'm devastated. I can't believe I got a one star review. All the others are amazing. Happens. So don't let those reviews. Um, I, I mean, don't, you know, I, I've, I've met people who said, I don't look at the reviews and then some of them look at them constantly. Mm-hmm. Look at the fact that you wrote a story. It's mm. out there and somebody yeah. actually wanted to read it and then keep going. Don't, don't okay. let those reviews sway you one way or the other. Right. You know, it's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. Thank you. Sure. Thank you for that. So, um, yes, with, we'll, we'll go back to, to your book. Like, so how did, how did you come up with the title, the notorious swindler? If, if I were to look, cause I know that I've looked up the book before, but like, if I wanted to find something specific to the book to like match um, all the information, like the information you found online, um, was was that what what they were called, in the Grayson County Five and the Notorious Swindler? Well, that- in a lot of the articles I read, they had described Bob and the other four individuals who escaped from the Grayson County Jail, Notorious. Mm-hmm. Notorious. Okay. Now I knew him as a swindler because that's what he is. He's a con man. so that was and he was here in texas so um the notorious was the only thing that i kind of picked out that okay you probably could find if you put his name in there Mm -hmm. Um, and it it was funny because a lot of people say it takes them a while to come up with the title Mm -hmm. and somehow it at the end when i realized what do i want to call this and it just Mm -hmm. it's like it it came to me it, it took a little time and it came to me when it did, it made sense. Um, yeah, it's a good title. Thank it's a very you. good title. Thank you. It's yeah. captivating. I was like, it makes you want to read. Like I know I was, um, so when I, w- without knowing too much about the book, when I started, I did start reading it. Um, I thought it was going to be more of a like true crime, but like sort of a, um, a watered down version like not like it, it was like all right well this is based on a true story kind of thing that's what i was thinking when i was re- when i started reading it and as i'm reading i'm just kind of like oh wait huh like it sounded more real so then i wanted to look it up a little bit more i mean i i didn't do a deep dive of research <laughs> but you know i was just intrigued by the fact that like the more i read which i'm going to finish the book but the more that i more that i read it was like this is this is actually real. Like th- these people are real. It's real, and I'm like, okay, well, let's go. Because I mean, I don't know if like an actual true crime podcaster has even picked up on this story either, right? Like, and I've noticed a lot of them. They deal with murder, and there's mm-hmm. not a murder in this one. There's right. a lot of kidnappings. There's a lot of. Um, you know, money laundering and I mean, just anything you can imagine. But most of the true crime podcasts that I have maybe reached out to or I've I've listened to, they deal with murders. And mm-hmm. I don't have that. Thank goodness. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> I don't have a murder in here. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, because I I, I think, well, like, cause people are so captivated by cold cases or, like, cases that, and, and it's true, like, some podcasts have actually helped solve murders, which is fine, but there's a lot more to true crime than people that are dead. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah. yeah. You know, know, what caught my interest, like I said, was the fact that these individuals are still committing crimes today. Yeah. To that's, me, that's what's I'm... intriguing, right? Because if you can prove that, which I kind of have without mm-hmm. giving too much away, um, to me, that seems like somebody would want to jump on it and mm-hmm. follow the trail. Yeah. And also, like, it also, I mean, not to bash cops and, like, but the 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 police police system or the their authority or anything, but it really does feel like they do like they don't do a whole lot. Like cops, they're they're good, but they're not like detectives. And even with detectives, it's kind of like I know they got a lot on their plate, so it's hard for them. Because with TV, it's like all right, they focus on the one story, they figure out who did it, they they catch who did it. Like I love watching Law and Order. You know what I mean? But, like, in real life, the cases are not solved in a day. They're not solved in a night. And when there's a bunch of paperwork on a desk, it's hard. But, you know, thank goodness for people like you and for people that actually want to, like, dive into the one story and keep digging. Because if if you don't do it, then it, it just goes cold. But I'm just so, um, it's so mind-boggling that there's still people that's, Still doing this. It's like, what? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you something. So there is an individual. Okay, so let me back up again. Okay. <laughs> um, so when I first took this project on, so the individuals mm-hmm. that paid for Bob's bonds when he got in trouble the first go around, they yeah. wanted to, uh, they wanted someone to write the book for them. And oh. they wanted to partner with me. Well, I wasn't mm-hmm. going to do that because I didn't know him and I, I just wasn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. They wanted to oversee what I was going to write. And I was questioned extensively to ask, are you going to put this individual in the book? Are you going to mm-hmm. expose them? And I mean, I was questioned. Mm. So there is actually someone who is very well known. And mm-hmm. it could really ruin them. If mm. people dive into this and figure out who it is mm-hmm. I'm exposing, it could ruin them. So I don't know if it's cops that didn't want to do it. It's more or less individuals were paying to protect themselves. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, because I do want to say this now: the individuals in Grayson County at the sheriff's department they were amazing with me. You know that that's okay. the second jail that Bob broke out of mm-hmm. with the other offenders. They were amazing with me, and the minute that they found out that the escapees had escaped the jail. Mm-hmm. They were working around the clock. So that that was handled very professionally. The other crimes that I'm exposing, that's not tied to Grayson County. That's not, okay. you know, there are some places where they, they do what they're supposed to. But a lot of people admire this individual mm-hmm. who I'm exposing, all of their oh, friends okay. and everything. And so that's what this is. This is more somebody has friends and high places gotcha yeah yeah that's what this is (laughs) okay all right well yeah uh another tough hill to climb but yeah 
I support you 100%. Thank you. Thank you. you. <laughs> um, so, um, are there, is there anything that, uh, that you would have asked if, if the roles were reversed that I didn't ask you? Is there anything that you would have asked? I probably would have asked, why were you so crazy to stay with this story for so long with all the threats that um, you made or not, that were made against you? Sometimes I question that myself. And mm-hmm. I'm taking on another story, which I'm not really talking about, that is probably just as big as the one that I wrote. And I mm-hmm. think that it's the excitement of, you know, the the, the drive behind it all. And um, mm-hmm. I, I worked with private investigators. I was not licensed, but I worked with them. Okay. I'm um, just kind of shadowing them and learning a little bit about it. And I had mm-hmm. so much fun doing that and getting the facts that maybe in a way this is me being able to do that some mm. and I think yeah I, I I was thinking it but I didn't I didn't want to be rude I was like I mean she should work so hard why would I ask her <laughs> like what, what is going on what's wrong with you woman <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's got to be some crazy somewhere no it's it's exciting right because there you know there's so much in our lives that I've always been a very cautious person I mean, mm-hmm. I never got in trouble, no reason to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is my one chance to step up to the line and make a difference in the world. And that's what mm-hmm. I wanted to do. I wanted to somehow make a difference. So that's exciting. I mean, yeah, yeah you're, you're doing it. You're doing it. So uh, my last question, and then we'll, we'll, um, we'll talk about where people can find you or just like you know, your Instagram or anything like that. But my last question uh, while you were saying that is my thought was, um, what do you do outside of writing the book? Like what, what's your, what's your regular daily life? Like, this is it. This is it. Um, so I'll tell you this. I, I research and I write, I do a lot of, um, I do a lot of digging for records. I'm constantly Mm -hmm. trying to research and stuff. I have an office in my home Uh and the only time I'm in this office is when I'm doing podcasts. (laughs) Do you know when I write, I write in my living room. I have a huge chair with Uh an ottoman and the reason I want to write in the center of everything is because I don't want to miss any opportunities with my family. If something's Uh happening, I want to be a part of it because I've Uh heard a lot of people because I know it's taken me so long to write. And it would mm-hmm. take me away from those moments. And I've heard a lot of people yeah. say they don't want to miss things. And I don't. So I'm in the middle of the chaos. And when everybody mm. goes to bed, that's when I'm writing. But I'm okay. in the middle of it. So that's that's a day for me. Okay. That's good. I mean, family is important. And, you know, especially just with the, the, way that, the way that you're writing and the way that you're going on, it's... It's good to keep your support system with you. It's good to keep your community with you. Um, so yeah, I I agree with that. Just you know, and I do. I I thank you so much for for taking the time to come on my show and um, tell your tell your story. And um, so I, yeah, like I said earlier, it's like how how can the people find you? Maybe you know, uh, maybe they could in in choir with you on how like have you gotten that before like have you gotten people that said i read your book and i would love for you to research some 
weird story that they have. Has that happened for you? No, but if it did, I would so welcome it. You know what, though? I will tell you this. Um, I have had a lot of people... And I, I just, I welcome every email I get, but I've had, I've had a lot of individuals email me from my website. They go to my website, email me mm-hmm. and they tell me I read your book. I had to reread sections because I wasn't sure if what I read is really what I read. Mm-hmm. And I finished it. I had to sit back and think about it, but you are my favorite author. When is your next one coming out? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that is the best compliment I can get. I mean, it yeah. really is. You know, it, it's so, yeah, people do reach out okay. to me. If anybody has a story idea or a question or something, mm-hmm. shoot me an email, go to my website and it, it may take me a little time to respond, but I try to respond to everyone as quickly okay. as I can. Yeah. That's great. What, what is your website? <laughs> so it's my name. It's Pepper Ann and Ann has an E at the end of it. So it's PepperAnnAuthor.com. Mm-hmm. And you can, it, it has everything on there. My um, PA, Laura, is amazing. She's the one who helped me set it up. So she helps keep it going. But um, my my book is on there. It's in paperback and hardback and ebook. So you can find it on there along with a little story about myself. I'm also going to be doing a true crime class where I'm going to be giving some tips and things if anybody's interested in ever writing true crime or we just have questions about it. So I'll be doing that in October. So that's also on my website that you can read about that. There's a link to go to if you're interested. Um, yeah, I did. I did see that when I looked, when I saw your website, I was like, oh, she's giving classes. That's so fun. I'm going to give one. Yeah, I'm going to see how well it goes. If people like it, I may do another one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and is it, is it going to be online? Uh, the class is online? It is. Okay. Yeah, it is. I, I believe it's a three-hour class. And mm-hmm. my, my, like I said, Laura helped me set that up, but, um, and it's very affordable. It's not, um, it's not expensive. It's, it's very affordable. So, and mm-hmm. you can communicate with us. If you have questions, you can ask them, but I'll go over, you know, the things that I've learned, why it's important if you're writing true crime to maybe have a literary attorney, um, just answer, just answer many questions how to get your FOIA records, how to find a story, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. I, I, I hope that, I hope that with, with this podcast, um, it reaches the pe- right people that it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. So you heard it here again, guys, go visit her at pepperannauthor.com. That's N with an E at the end of Ann. <laughs> Pepper Ann Author. Dot com okay and that's where you can find her you can find her information and and any other links uh you can find the book i suggest you guys read the book i mean if you if you like true, true crime you should definitely read this book so yeah thanks again pepper i appreciate you coming on extending an invitation to me i've just had so much fun talking with you today this has been awesome. this has been a blast <laughs> you're welcome All right. That's all, folks. We are heading out. Thank you all for listening to this episode. I do appreciate how you guys are listening consistently. I love producing these episodes consistently and publishing them 
every week or every other week, depending on what's going on. But thanks again. Thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate it, guys. And again, you can find me on all of the social media. Go to my link tree at linktree slash KD time. K-D-T-I-M-E. Okay. And, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy about doing these podcasts is or these podcast episodes is the fact that I get to meet and talk to so many different people. And it's it's really eye-opening that, you know, there are people out there that just want to talk, you know. I mean, it's not super eye-opening. I know that if I were to go out on the street and just ask for a conversation, I probably would get one. But my point is, is that, you know, people like to talk. All you got to do is just talk to them, you know. And so that's 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 what it's all about. On the next episode of KD Time, it's me by my lonesome. I'm going to talk about something that I'm very passionate about. Very, very passionate about. And if you would guess, it's it's probably not what you think it is. But if you were to guess, um, it's about TV. <laughs> and, you know, listen, all right, I, I am very passionate about TV. And when I am passionate, I start to talk. So the next episode is going to be a doozy. It's going to be long. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot. And you're probably going to sit there and be like, what is she talking about? Listen, just listen to the episode. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up next. And once again, share, subscribe to wherever you are listening to this on. I would love to have you on the show. I'm more than, more than happy to have you on the show. Go to my link tree, sign a form, or just email me. My, my email's on my link tree as well. Just go ahead, email me and say, Hey, I want to be on your show. And I'm like, all right, let's set a date and time. And then we'll talk you know, so we could do that. That's absolutely fine with me. Just share and subscribe. And if you want to be on the show, let me know. Thanks for being the best listeners in the world. I love you so much. Have a great day and I'll see you on the next one. Deuces.